What's up, gamers, and welcome to Lost at Sea Gaming. I am Hulking Yoda, the captain of this ship, the SS Gamer, and you're listening to Captain's Quarters, which is my weekly gaming update show, where I touch on my favorite news topic of the week, discuss what I've been playing, give some tips on those games I've been playing, and leave you with my Captain's Decree opinion of the week. So we've got a lot to touch on on this episode, so let's dive right in with my news catch of the week. So guys, this week I am all in and all about discussing the reveal of Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Oh man, guys, I am such a huge Assassin's Creed fan, and I was very much hoping that this next Assassin's Creed game was going to be the Viking setting that was often rumored uh, and pretty much teased by Ubisoft over the past uh, probably year or so since Odyssey's release uh, and its DLC ended and we got different teases via posters in the division, so on and so forth. So bottom line is, it is now official. It is Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and it is, in fact, in the Viking realm of things. So Ubisoft did it very differently as far as the reveal for this game. Uh, very interesting, honestly, the way they went about it. So if you didn't know, there is actually a five-hour live stream of an artist who is painting a picture and uh, the slow burn of the reveal uh, kind of gave way to what the location was going to be and you know the ships that were going to be sailing on in the Viking uh, landscape of things. Bottom line is it was confirmed at the end of that photo that it was in fact a Viking setting and the name was Valhalla. Uh, they were going to have a cinematic trailer revealed the next day uh, so I waited with bated breath for that cinematic trailer to see what was going on now obviously for those of you that don't know cinematic trailer is just that there's no gameplay it's just cg just a trailer uh kind of showcasing a few things throughout uh the course of the game in the form of kind of like a mini movie so they did in fact the next day release this four minute movie uh if you will and just kind of show you uh the, the large scale battles that are going to happen a look at the main male version of the character uh, that you're going to be playing as and it, it looked really sweet. Uh, we even got a nice little hidden blade action there at the very end of the trailer, which was very exciting if you're an Assassin's Creed fan of, of many, many years past, because a lot of us feel that the Assassins part of it, the Brotherhood, the Templars, we've kind of gotten away from that in the most recent games. So to see that play prominently at the end of the trailer was really cool. Uh, so as the days have progressed, we've gotten a few more details on what to expect from this game. Uh, visually, I will say that they did release, uh, I want to say it was three or four screenshots uh, that were actual gameplay screenshots, and the game looks absolutely phenomenal. It's absolutely breathtaking, which is no surprise to me, uh, or should be to any of you guys if you've actually played Origins or Odyssey. Uh, those are two of the most amazing looking games that I've ever seen, uh, and this game is going to be no different. Uh, it's going to be running on the Series X and the PS5, and it seems to me also that Ubisoft has kind of put out there that they're really in cahoots with Microsoft and are going to be supporting the Series X in a big way. The cinematic trailer actually starts out with a Xbox logo. And they pretty much immediately stated that as far as the smart delivery system on the Series X, which if you don't know, the Series X as a console will be able to read uh, that you're, even though it's say you buy the game on Xbox One, 
you're going to be able to play the Series X version, no extra charge per Ubisoft. Uh, and the system will be able to read and say, oh, okay, you're playing on a Series X now. You're going to get that upgraded version from what you were just playing on the One S or the X, however you play your Xbox. So I thought that was great, uh, and I just can't wait to see actual gameplay. Ubisoft did say that uh, it's pretty much been confirmed. Ubisoft didn't necessarily say this, but it pretty much has been confirmed that we'll be able to get to see uh, some actual gameplay, uh, some actual game goings-ons, if you will, uh, on this coming Thursday, which is going to be a Series X uh, Inside Xbox episode, where it's going to focus on actually we're finally revealing and we get to see some uh, in-game footage from a lot of third-party games that are coming to the Series X. Uh, so I can't wait to see that and see what those details are and see what it actually looks like as somebody's controlling Eivor, I think is the way that I'm going to pronounce this uh, main character's name uh, within the game world. So speaking of Eivor, it's spelled E-I-V-O-R. So hopefully I'm not butchering that, but Eivor is the name of the character that you play as. Uh, you can choose to be either male or female. And the interesting thing is both versions uh, are actually canon to the game and the series. You're going to have unique voice actors, obviously. Uh, now, it's it's not exactly like Odyssey, where there's Alexios and Cassandra, two different names, two different characters that end up being siblings. Uh, that's not the case here. It's the exact same character, same name, just one's male, one's female, but somehow they're both canon. So it'll be very interesting to see how Ubisoft handles that and what exactly that means. Uh, the basic premise of the game, you're going to be leading your clan from the war-torn shores of Norway uh, across the coast of England uh, while you're in your ship. You're going to be looking for new places to where you can start a community or settlement and just kind of restart over. Uh, you know, there's just been nothing but bloodshed and war and in Norway for years now. And the Vikings are just kind of wanting to expand and, and get away from that. Uh, now, obviously, as part of this, the gameplay, obviously, I mentioned sailing, there's going to be ship battles, they won't be as prominent as they were in maybe Odyssey uh, or Black Flag, but they will be there. And once you get to these shores, obviously, they're controlled by England. So what you're going to have to do is you're going to be able to complete in raids of these areas and giant battles in order to lay claim to those areas. Uh, and the combat is going to be revamped. They're going to focus on dual-wielding Viking-styled weapons and uh, uh, an approach to combat that is very stylistically Viking, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, brutal uh, is, is the key word here. And, uh, you know, basically, once you take over an area, you can set up a community. And this community, you can actually upgrade as you progress throughout the game. And the more you upgrade, say you bring in a blacksmith to your community and they start out with, you know, basic uh, amenities and basic, you know, tools to be able to craft weapons and armor. Well, as you progress and you upgrade your community, their skills also upgrade and therefore you have access to better weapons, better armor, so on and so forth. Uh, so that sounds really cool. Um... You know, I'm definitely looking forward to it. It sounds like it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, now, Ashraf Ishmael, hopefully I'm not butchering his name. He's the game's creative director. He did say that the RPG system of leveling uh, that was based on levels per se, like level one, you earn XP, you level up to level two, so on and so forth. From Odyssey and Origins, that is actually going away and it's going to be replaced with upgrading power and the abilities that you have that are tied to what he's touting as a just an absolutely giant skill tree. Um, 
rather than just limiting it to a numbered level. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out as well. I'm very curious to see what the details are on it. Uh, and he does promise a return to lighter stealth gameplay and a refocus on the main story and its connections to the Brotherhood and the Templars and that uh, centuries-long uh, battle between the two of those factions. So my overall opinion, ultimately, uh, I, I just... You know, the cinematic trailer was cool, but I wanted gameplay. The screenshots look amazing, but I want to see it actually in action. Uh, I did want confirmation, which we got, of whether it's male or female, if you're, if you're given the choice or not. Uh, and I was hoping to have that choice, so I'm very happy that they decided to go that route. Uh, and I just want to see these things in action. I mean, one of the craziest things that came out of this reveal to me was the fact that they said one of the minigames is participating in what equates to basically a Viking rap battle. Yes, you heard me correctly, a Viking rap battle. So definitely it'll be interesting to see what all you know it shapes up to be. And I, I can't wait till later this week, not only uh, on this Inside Xbox episode to see some actual gameplay of Valhalla, but also to see what else Microsoft is going to show off from third-party developers on the Series X. I absolutely can't wait. And uh, I will definitely be referring to that, I'm sure, in next week's Catch of the Week. So that'll do it for this week's edition of that. Uh, now let's talk about what I've been playing this past week in my captain's log. So guys, this past week, it was very, uh, I won't say heavy with Yakuza, but I did play two different Yakuza games. Now, as you know, if you've listened to my previous episode, I did start playing some Yakuza Kiwami again, but it wasn't actually in the traditional sense on the PS4, on my home console at the TV no, it was actually via remote play on my PS Vita uh, up in my room as I was playing through the PS4 downstairs. Uh, and so I did make some progress in Yakuza Kiwami. Uh, I completed chapter four. I'm on the fifth chapter now. Uh, you know, I've made some connections with the little girl in the game. I won't go into too much details. I'll just say that it's a very interesting storyline and I can't wait to see what happens and comes out of it. And uh, definitely still enjoying the game. Um, so the other Yakuza game that I played, you know, my buddy had been telling me for a while, <clears throat> nah, man, you got to play Yakuza 0. That is where you really want to start at uh, in the Yakuza series. So I finally decided, you know what? It's free on Game Pass. I have it installed. I'm going to go and I'm going to check this out for a couple hours. So I decided to play some Yakuza 0. And I will say that I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's actually set in the 80s. Um, which is quite a few years before the events in the first Yakuza game, Kiwami, that I'm playing through the Vita. And uh, it's set during Christmas time in the same town, same city. And uh, it, it's definitely got a different vibe to it, even though it's the same location and some of the same characters. But it's got a really great story. And I mean, guys, it starts off with uh, a karaoke sequence, and that just cracked me up. And I love the banter and the, and the camaraderie and the friendship that you can just see is there between Kiru, the uh, main character, and uh, Nishiki, his, uh, his best friend. So bottom line is, thoroughly enjoyed what I played of Yakuza 0, exploring the town, all these different things that you can do in the town. Uh, definitely a really cool series, guys. I've just been really enjoying my time with the Yakuza games. Uh, I did play some more of LEGO Jurassic World this past week. Uh, I did. I was able to progress and play through the next main story mission. And uh, it was actually, if you've seen the movie, I'm sure you have, the original Jurassic Park. It was a lot of fun. 
It was the sequence where the T-Rex is attacking the two cars on the tracks right outside of the T-Rex pad. And the kids are stuck in the car and you're Alan Grant and Ian Malcolm. And just that whole sequence, the way it played out, it was a lot of fun and just hysterical, honestly, to see those scenes played out in Lego style. And I loved it because I would have never thought this, but you guys, if you've seen the movie, you'll know the scene I'm talking about where the T-Rex flips the car over the side of the cliff and it falls and lands in a tree. And the little boy, Timmy, is stuck in the car, which is in the tree. So then obviously you got to climb the tree as Alan Grant and, uh, you know, the girl. Um, Bottom line is they actually did the second half of the level was getting to the top of the tree or getting to the car and the tree. And I just thought it was really cool the way that they had set it up gameplay wise. Uh, The different things that you had to do and the forced alternation between the two characters uh, to be able to get to the top. And I don't know, I just had a lot of fun with it. And it was great having the, uh, as I had mentioned in my previous episode, a reference to this game, the audio clips actually from the actual movie uh, during the dialogue uh, that is exchanged during these scenes. It's just so great. Uh, So again, I'm still thoroughly, thoroughly enjoying Lego Jurassic World. Uh, The other game that I played this week was Daymare 1998, the love letter to the Resident Evil series. And I got to tell you guys, (laughs) speaking of love, I absolutely fell in love with this game, my last play session. Uh, It was just the location, the story, the lore behind what's going on. Oh my God, I just, I love it so, 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 so much. And the best thing about it to me, and I will reference this in my captain's decree later this week or later this episode, uh, there's just something about the fact that, yes, even though there is some campy, horrible dialogue and horrible voice acting, there's just still something so good about this game. And I'm just thoroughly enjoying it. Uh, You know, going through the city and exploring the city. uh, The second chapter was mostly about exploring a hospital and doing some things throughout the hospital uh, to progress further. and, And the hospital was great. Believe it or not, I actually enjoyed playing Daymare's Hospital more than I did the hospital in the Resident Evil 3 remake that just recently came out. So I was that close in time frame of playing the two hospitals, and I enjoyed Daymare's Hospital more than I did the RE3 one. So that, that's pretty crazy to me. And then now I've been exploring the town, and, and the way that the third chapter starts out for you, uh, I don't know. It's just really, really cool. I don't want to say too much to spoil anything. But I'm definitely, if you keep an open mind, I really, really highly recommend Daymare 1998. Can't wait to continue talking to you guys about different things that I come across. There's so many pop culture references that are amazing. I was walking through the town uh, at one point and there's a garage off to my left. And I look over and I'm like, that kind of looks like the DeLorean from Back to the Future. So I go a little closer and sure enough, on the license plate, it says California at a time, just like it is in the movie. So it's obvious that it was a reference. Little nods to Resident Evil as well, too. There's a pot with a green plant that it's pretty obvious. It looks just like a green herb would in a Resident Evil game. You go up to it, you interact with it, and the dialogue that pops up on screen says, green herbs, dot, dot, dot. So, of course, there's just little things like that left and right, man. I mean, there's just constantly as you're playing through, there's so many cool pop culture references. It's just a lot of fun uh, to find those and just a great environment to explore and to have fun with. And I've just, I've thoroughly, thoroughly, I can't say it enough, enjoyed that game. Uh, And the final game that I'll speak to that I played this past week, I finally got back to playing some Need for Speed Heat, uh, the latest Need for Speed game. And I am thoroughly enjoying that game as well. It's such, such a blast to play. 
there are still some frustrations I have with it, but I'll get to that in a second. Uh, I did progress. I played through a couple of story missions uh, between daytime and nighttime, because if you don't know, you can alternate between day and night. And, uh, you know, I just I had a lot of fun with it. Um, the racing mechanics are great. I've upgraded my car quite a bit visually as well as performance wise. And it's just been a blast uh, the last few hours that I've been playing it, except for the cops in the game. I can't tell you how frustrating I think the cops are and how overpowered I think they are. It's just absolutely ridiculous. The amount of damage they take off of your car when they hit you. The fact that they can keep up pace with you and it's almost near impossible to get away from them uh, most of the time. I just It's just crazy. It's really frustrating. Uh, and they only pop up at night. But you just know that when you go to nighttime, you got to deal with the cops. And it makes me feel like I don't want to go to nighttime because of that. But you have to go to nighttime because... At night is when you earn the most rep, which you have to increase your rep level to gain access to new upgrades for your car, which you need money for, which, yeah, you can earn bank is what they call it at nighttime, but you also have to, you earn more bank during the daytime. So it forces you to alternate between day and night uh, to consistently be able to upgrade your car, purchase new cars, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, it's an interesting format and I don't necessarily dislike it, but them cops, man, whoo, uh, very frustrating. So that was what was in my captain's log this week. Now let's go check out some buried treasure gaming tips for you. So guys, I was talking about how much I loved Daymare, right? So this week's buried treasure, I have a gaming tip for you in regards to one of its puzzles. Uh, very, very uh, frustrating for me in the sense that in the first chapter, you get to a point where you're at a computer and you need to answer some questions that they present to you on this computer screen. Well, you have access to the keyboard. And let's just say that in the hallway leading up to this room and in this room, there are specific paintings that reference Greek gods. And different words are all caps uh, on the description of these paintings, obviously kind of pointing out to you, hey, maybe these words are important. Well, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to realize that, okay, those paintings and these question answers that are on this computer screen are tied together. Okay, makes sense, right? Well, the question or the problem was the keyboard is half English and half Greek alphabet. Well, maybe some of you out there studied Greek or know the Greek alphabet, but I personally do not and did not. So when it came time to try to answer these questions, I knew what the answers were based on using the pictures that I came across before the computer and just knowing what the answers are and, and was able to put them in there, but I couldn't put them in there because the letters that you needed, you needed to have a mixture of Greek and English uh, alphabet letters in order to answer the question. So typically, okay, no big deal. Most games would have some kind of a reference chart for you that you find or you know, a poster on the wall or something that you can look at to be able to reference and answer these questions. There was nothing in the game, guys. So I ended up having to look it up online and do a cross-reference between the Greek alphabet and what I had presented before me. So obviously I won't give you the answers. I'm just giving you a heads up to say, hey, look, uh, in chapter one of Daymare, towards the end of it, you're going to have to figure out this puzzle. Make sure to have your phone handy and you're going to have to look up the Greek alphabet for certain letters of certain words so that you can answer these questions. So I thought that was kind of unfair on Daymare's side. Uh, the biggest, I guess, detriment to it in the time that I've played it. Uh, but that will be my gaming tip, buried treasure of the week. Now let's check out 
this week's Captain's Decree. So guys, this week, my closing opinion, my Captain's Decree, is this. Games can still be good, even when they're bad. So what does that mean? So I'm talking specifically this week a lot about Daymare, and that's what I'm going to reference here. So Daymare, don't get me twisted, it is not a bad game. It's actually a good game. But the voice acting is horrible, like laughably horrible, and some of the worst that I've ever heard. The dialogue is just as bad, if not worse, that's being said. A lot of the character models, the lip-syncing, a lot of the technological things like that, those are all horrible but it's still a good game uh the some of the controls and the aiming and the separation of a second or so of shooting at a zombie or an enemy and then it's a half second and oh then the bullet hits the zombie in an area i wasn't even aiming in things of that nature uh are pretty bad but it's still a good game and you're probably asking me well, how is it? How is it that this is still a good game, but all these things are pretty bad? Well, I mean, to be honest with you, in my opinion, the good outweighs the bad. And it allows me to be able to accept and kind of overlook, in a sense, uh, to where it doesn't affect my enjoyment of the game, to, to be able to overlook some of these things. Uh, and, the, and what I mean here is the story is awesome. I absolutely am loving the story. And I understand, you know, they probably didn't have the biggest budget for this game, uh, you know, therefore, to get the biggest AAA cast to voice act, I, I get it. Same thing with some of the technological things. Uh, but at the same time, it's a blast to play, guys. The locations that you go to, I really get sucked away and, 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 and feel like I'm in those locations. They were very well done and visually drawn uh, graphically. And the lore behind it and where the origins of this gas that has caused this issue uh, in this town and surrounding areas uh, that, that is the whole premise of the game. It's just very interesting. There's a lot of thought put into the documents and emails uh, that are littered throughout the game. And uh, the nods to the pop culture references, I mean, they're just, they're just awesome. And I'm a huge pop culture buff. So for me, it just really hits on all cylinders. Uh, the controls and, the, and, the, and whatnot, moving around and exploring are still pretty tight. So the point is, you have all these positives that, in my opinion, outweigh the negatives. So a game can still be good, but also pretty bad in spots at the same time. So we can still have good, bad games. Uh, I know for years I was always given uh, crap about really liking a game called Rune Viking Warlord back in the early 2000s. Uh, I used to work at GameStop and all my coworkers gave me a hard time for liking the game. But guess what? Yeah, maybe it wasn't the most technologically sound game, but I thoroughly enjoyed the gameplay and had a lot of fun with the game world. So that's where I'm thinking this week is we can still have a good time and bad games or bad aspects of games can still make for an overall good game experience. So that'll do it for this week's Captain Quarters. I hope that you guys enjoyed your time aboard the ship and I look forward to hearing your thoughts and opinions on the show and gaming in general. So join the crew and reach out to me via email at lostatseagaming365 at gmail.com or on social media at Instagram at lostatseagaming and on Twitter at lostatseagamin1. Thank you for listening, and until the sea says otherwise, we'll keep sailing.